can see in their eyes. Empty people filled with care, headed who knows where. On they go through private pain, living fear to Laughter hides their silent cries, only Jesus hears. People need the Lord, people need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, he's the open. need the Lord. People need the Lord. When will we realize people need the Lord? We are called to take his life. To a world where wrong seems right, what could be too great a cost for sharing life with one who's lost? Through his love our hearts can feel all the grief they bear. They must hear the words of only we can share. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, He's the open door. People need the Thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you, church. What a blessing it is to be here. And I talked about our ministry a few moments ago. My name is Carlos Chacon. My wife, Mary, my daughter, Celeste, is eight years old. Carla is 17 in Bible College in Elgin. And we come from the Northwest Bible Baptist Church of Elgin, Illinois. God has called us to preach the gospel to the Spanish-speaking countries. And I'm excited about our Venezuela project that we are now speaking of and getting ready to go soon in the month of December. I appreciate so much your partnership and your generosity 
and I am excited and look forward to what the Lord is going to do in the coming days. I will ask you to take your Bibles, Matthew chapter 9, please notice Matthew chapter 9 in the Word of God. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38, I will read the scripture and the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36 through 38, we are speaking about missions, we're talking about evangelism and missions, and here is a text that I would like to speak about and share some truths with you, things that I have observed in ministry, in mission field. And Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, you can look along silently in the Word of God as I read, the Bible says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad, as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I want to preach a message tonight, reaping the harvest, reaping the harvest. Let's bow our heads for prayer, please, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and your blessings. Thank you that we can be in the house of God tonight. I pray that you would bless the message, use the Word of God, and help us uh, to leave different than how we came. Edify your church, and we thank you, Lord, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Reaping the harvest. Now, there are four Bible principles concerning missions that I would like to share with you because God calls different men to do different things. I have noticed as I travel and as I become acquainted with other preachers and other missionaries, God calls different men to do different things. And there are four principles that I would like to share as we talk about reaping the harvest. The principles are sowing, planting, watering, and reaping. So this is an agricultural metaphor that the Lord uses for the parables and for His teaching. And so in these principles, we see different things. For example, sowing, sowing the Word of God. The Bible talks about uh, the sower and, and he that soweth. This is when somebody witnesses. This is when somebody maybe gives a gospel track or preaches the gospel, gives the plan of salvation, and is, is witnessing, is giving the word of God. They are sowing, perhaps in a place where there is no church, maybe a place where there is no gospel witness, there is no word of God. So there is a need to sow the word of God. These are some mission fields. That's what they have to do. And that's what their function is, to sow the Word of God. Then there are some that can plant churches. There's a lot of church planting and missions and, and, and a lot of uh, focus and highlight. And I myself have been involved. I started a church in Rockford, Illinois in 2007. I pastored it for two years. And so I've been involved in church planting in Mexico. We started two village mission churches that are still there. And so church planting is something that we talk about in missions. This is when you actually take people and organize converts that are saved and baptized and you organize them into a church. And so this is church planting. The Bible talks about this and also watering. Watering is encouraging and refreshing the churches. 
by uh, the water of the word. This can be a teaching ministry, a helps ministry. It could be revivalist speaker. It could be uh, uh, discipleship and just teaching and preaching to the church. And then you have reaping. And this is, of course, when God just brings a revival of multitudes of people that are saved. It is a reaping of the harvest. And it's very unique. I want you to see this um, with the word of God. Notice John chapter 4, please. Take your Bibles. John chapter 4, notice in the Word of God, John chapter 4, the Lord mentions these principles, and I want you to see in the Word of God, because it's good for you to get acquainted and to become familiar with the different principles uh, uh, concerning missions. I want you to see John chapter 4 and verse 35. Notice what the Lord Jesus said, John 4, 35, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that wherein you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. You know, much of my ministry has been to go to churches to help encourage and uplift and to help partner with pastors and have evangelistic meetings. And the Lord will bless. We're, we're, we'll be able to have evangelistic outreach, we'll have revival meetings, and get a lot of people saved and do different things to, to draw people and to, to knock on doors and to bring new visitors to get people saved and baptized. And a lot of times I have noticed that in my ministry, but even before I go to, the, to those churches, before I go to those places and maybe in the past where I have set up a tent and seen multitudes of people, you know, I notice and I recognize that there were other missionaries who went before me. There were other missionaries in the Spanish-speaking world. There were other missionaries who, who were pioneer missionaries who went to Mexico and started churches and, and uh, they, they did the sowing. They sowed the seed of the gospel. They planted churches and they watered. And now we can see a reaping of the harvest. Did you catch that when the Lord said, sometimes it's one that does the sowing and another does the reaping. In fact, the Lord in the context is saying to the apostles, saying, listen, you're going to see here a, a, a harvest, a, a multitude of people come. It's talking about the Samaritan woman in Samaria and all these people believing on the Lord. But he was trying to say, listen, we are entered into the labor. You know, the Lord does that to show, he's saying, don't take all the credit for yourself. You see, he is the Lord of the harvest. The Lord is the one, the Bible says that he gives the increase. Some plant, some water. Some give, some go, but it's the Lord that gives the increase. It's God's work in a collective manner. We have to back up and see the big picture of how the Lord is working in the process and has different seasons. Sometimes it's a season of sowing. There are some countries that are closed countries where missionaries have to do their activity rather uh, hidden, perhaps. There are some countries that have persecution. You cannot even start a church or preach in the open air outdoors. But yet somebody has to be faithful and somebody has to go to those places. A lot of times they will have a sowing ministry. Perhaps they will not see the results or even big crowds. They may not, may not even see in their lifetime because it might be a sowing ministry. Some have been church planters and pioneer missionaries. Some have come along to water and encourage and help. And there are seasons of reaping the harvest. 
And whatever season that God calls us to or ministry or function, we need to be faithful. We need to be obedient to the Lord. And we need to use our gifts and talents and go and use our abilities and say, here I am, Lord, send me. So we see that the Lord said, some people sow, some people reap. I sent you to reap there and where you bestowed no labor. And he kind of does that to humble him, saying, hey, listen, you're not such a big shot. Somebody else was preaching before you. Somebody was visiting. Somebody was witnessing. Somebody, you know, and you know, in this context, you know who it was? It was John the Baptist. He's referring to John the Baptist because we can see John chapter 2 and 3, how John the Baptist was preaching near Samaria. It says where he was baptizing. So it tells us. So Jesus is saying, listen, John John the Baptist, he's the one who came and and prepared the way. He's the one who preached repentance and and, uh, got a lot of people, you know, saved and baptized. He preached about the Lamb of God. So now the Lord Jesus comes and there's a harvest. You see? So that's what he's really referring to. Take your Bibles, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Notice in the Word of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I want you to notice these principles uh, as mentioned by the Apostle Paul. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and notice please verse 6 where the Bible talks about, we saw about sowing and reaping, now it talks about planting and watering. 1 Corinthians 3, 6, the Bible says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. So notice how he says, he that planteth and he that watereth are one. He's referring to they are one in spirit. They are one in purpose. And so these people that are sowing and planting and watering and reaping, the Bible says that they may rejoice together. Those, who, those churches who are giving and praying and those who are preaching, They may rejoice together. It is a collective effort where everybody's involved. It is a team partnership and a collective effort where every person has a part. Every dollar counts. Every offering, every person, every church that is involved counts. And the Lord is saying, it's all if everybody does their part. The Lord is the one who blesses. He is the Lord of the harvest. Now, the word harvest means conclusion. The word harvest means conclusion. I happen to be in a mission field in Venezuela where there is a harvest uh, opportunity. It is ripe for the harvest. We're talking about it doesn't take much for people to, to have an open heart and to be tender, to be receptive. They are open. Many people are not working jobs. There's no jobs that are, that are worth working anymore in their economy. So they are at home. They are just at home and they're just outside in their, in their homes. So this is a time where we can reap the harvest. Even the churches and church members, they're they're not doing anything. So now they are able to go soul winning every day, most of the day. And so this is something that God is doing in a very unique manner where he has an open door. I want you to notice the word Pentecost also on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. You know, the Lord gave us uh, something that other preachers called a specimen revival. The books of the evangelists of, uh, uh, of old, they have referred to the day of Pentecost as, a, as a, a specimen revival or as an example, a forerunner, a type that we should, uh, that we should imitate, a pattern that was to be set. Where, where the Bible says, wait for the promise of the Father. You need to have the power of God and the fullness of the Spirit. And you need to have the, 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 the power of the Lord and then go and obey the Great Commission 
And the Bible talks about them preaching the gospel to over 3,000 people who were saved and baptized. The Lord gave us the pattern. They were baptized on the same day. The Lord told us how to do it, the Great Commission. In that order, they are saved, they are baptized, and then they are added to the church, and they are taught and, and discipled and so forth. So the Lord started off the church in a, in a right way, in a proper way. He empowered them with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like saying, this is the way it's supposed to be done. Now go repeat it. Go do it in other places. Continue. Keep going. Go to other places and do the same thing. Pray and, and, and wait for the promise of the Father and so forth and preach the gospel and go to the harvest. Now, the harvest, if we do not reap the harvest, if we do not bring the conclusion, it makes the sowing meaningless. If we do not reap the harvest, it makes the planting and the watering meaningless. In other words, it would be silly for us to, to sow, to plant, to water, and then say, well, let's just go somewhere else and, and sow and plant water. Let's just go somewhere else. But when there's a harvest that is ripe, we have to go and reap it. That's why the Bible says pray for laborers in the harvest. Pray for them to go target that place. Go there and, and preach there and, and, and pick up this harvest and reap. These are souls. The wheat in the parables and so forth is referring to souls. These are people getting saved. Now I want you to notice, please, another truth. Matthew 25, 24. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 24. I want you to see how the Bible talks about the Lord reaping and entering into the labors of others. And sometimes He has people who reap and enter into the labors of others. I want you to notice that the Lord was known for that. Notice Matthew 25, please. And notice a scripture in verse 24. So it's chapter 25 and verse 24, and this is the parable of the talents. Notice, please, Matthew 25, 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. So you see, he's known as somebody who reaps where he has not sown. It's kind of like saying, it's kind of like that person saying, Lord, if, if I sow, I want to reap. You see, it's kind of like saying, you know, if I do the sowing, I want to do, I want to do the reaping. But the Lord is saying he, he is somebody who reaps where he has not sown. You see, the Lord is saying that's not the right attitude to have. This is a teamwork effort. This is a partnership effort. This is a collective effort where everybody does their part. Everybody gets involved. And at the end, it is the Lord that gets the glory. It is His work, His vineyard, His field. I want you to notice, please, in the Word of God, notice also in James chapter 5. Notice, please, with me, in the book of James, notice this verse in James 5 and verse 4. And so the Lord talks about people who reap and, and, and so forth. James chapter 5, and I want you to notice verse 4. In the book of James chapter 5 and verse 4, the Bible says, talking about people who reap and reapers, James 5, 4, Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. So what is it referring to these, these people who reap? It's talking about their wages and the hire of the laborers. 
Could it be the harvest of souls? Well, notice verse 7. It tells us, and, and that's how we can know. Verse, verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received early and latter rain. We understand that someday at the end of the age, the Bible talks about a worldwide harvest that is spoken of in the parables. It is consistent with the parables of the wheat and the tares, where the Bible says the harvest is the end of the world. Where the Bible says in that parable, it says the angels are the reapers. And he explains, he said, the seed are the, the children of the kingdom. He explains that an enemy has, has sown uh, uh, the, the, the tares. And he explains this. So there's going to be a harvest at the end. So the Lord gave us a harvest example, which is the day of Pentecost, to start us off, to start the church off with the day of Pentecost. Of course, the Lord started in, in, in the Gospels, but to give power. And now we will have a worldwide harvest at the end of the age. And the Lord is saying, you know, I, I, I started off the church with a harvest. I'm, we're going to finish up with a harvest. You know why he's saying this is the pattern how the church is supposed to be, what the church is supposed to do. It's kind of like if we don't obey the pattern, if we don't follow the pattern that the Lord has set for us, we are, we are disobeying. We are, we are, we are, it's like ruining the illustration, if you will. It's like when the Lord said, uh, I'm going to teach you about servanthood. I'm going to teach you to be a servant. This is what a servant does. This is what a, a, a true leader does. And he was washing their feet. And he says, you know, he's washing the, the apostles' feet. And Peter says, you're not going to wash my feet, Lord, not me. You're not washing my feet. What did the Lord say? He says, listen. If I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. You know why? Because if Peter didn't let the Lord wash his feet, Peter was going to ruin the illustration because the Lord was trying to illustrate how to be a servant. And Peter was ruining the illustration. So that's why the Lord said, if you don't let me do this, you're not going to have part, a part with me. So uh, also the, when the Bible talks about Moses, you know, the Lord told Moses to, uh, to smite the rock. And the rock is a picture of Christ in Bible typology. The rock was Christ, and, and he gives water. And, and the Lord said, uh, uh, smite the rock. And the water came out in a miracle. And then the Lord says again, uh, another time, he says, now this time, speak to the rock. Don't smite it, just speak to the rock. The water's going to come out. Another miracle. But what did Moses do? And, and he disobeyed the Lord. He didn't speak to the rock. He, he smote the rock. You know, he's not supposed to do that because in Bible typology, the first time Christ came, he was smitten on the cross. But see, the, the second time when Christ comes, nobody's going to smite the Lord. Nobody's going to touch the Lord. You see, it's, a, it's an illustration. And this, this is an illustration that Moses, he's ruining the illustration. That's why God said, listen, you're losing privileges. You're not going to go into the promised land. You disobeyed. I set a pattern. I told you what to do. You disobeyed the pattern. You see? And so as a church, God has given us a pattern. He said, I'm starting you off with Pentecost, and I'm finishing off with a worldwide harvest. It's about, it's about a harvest. It's about reaping. Reaping is the conclusion. We have to get the job done. You know, the, the parable talks about the vineyard and the workers. You know, they've been, they've been all day in the hot sun working and they agreed to work for a penny. And then a couple people show up at the last minute and the last hour. And the Lord said, why stand ye idle? Come and work. There's a, there's a job to do. So they come only for, for one hour. The Bible says they get paid the same. They get paid the same. You know why? Because God's value system, he is not paying them for uh, their time. That's not, that's not God's value system. It's not punching the clock like us. God is paying them because 
the Lord is placing the value that the job gets done. And he says, that's what I care about. That's what I care about. So everybody, since the boss is happy, everybody's getting paid the same. You see? So the Lord, he, 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 he places the value that the job gets done. If we are not reaping the harvest, we're not getting the job done. You see, so we have to bring conclusion. We have to go to these missions fields that are a harvest and reap the harvest. The Lord said to pray. Why did he say to pray? You know, because when you pray, God might touch your heart to be one of those laborers. God said, pray for laborers in the harvest. When you pray, the Lord might speak to you and he might speak to you to give or he might speak to you to go and be one of those laborers. That's why he said, there's a great need in this harvest. It's ripe. We need laborers. We need workers, people who come to reap it. You know why? If we don't reap, it just makes the other work meaningless and useless and basically a waste, a wasted investment. That's why we've got to follow through. That's why we've got to come through and make sure that we reap the harvest so we enter into the labors. I'm glad there was pioneer missionaries in Mexico. Now Mexico is a missionary sending country. Mexico has missionaries all over the world. In fact, there's some, there's some missionaries in Venezuela that are Mexican. There's, there's two of them only that I know of, but they're there and they're, all, they're in different parts of the world. So you see, Mexico went from being a mission field to becoming a missionary sending country through this process. Somebody had to sow, somebody planted, somebody watered, and now there's a reaping. And so this is what God wants there's an end time harvest, Matthew 13. Please look at the word of God with me, Matthew chapter 13. I want you to notice how this is consistent in the scriptures, in the word of God. The Lord uses this, Matthew 13. I want you to notice verse 38. Matthew 13, 38, the parable of the wheat and the tares. The Bible says in verse 38, the field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. You see, one day the trumpet is going to sound, and one day this earth and all the blood-bought church and every born-again Christian and all saved people that, that are called by the name of the Lord. They shall go up as wheat, and there will be a worldwide harvest in the rapture, if you will. Notice with me, please, Revelation chapter 14. Notice this worldwide harvest in Revelation chapter 14. I want you to notice the Word of God that, it, that talks about this reaping. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 14. Notice, please, in the Word of God, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 14, the Bible says, And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. You see, this is a, a future prophetic picture of the rapture when we will be uh, uh, caught up to be with the Lord. The Lord will come in the clouds and, and uh, he will reap and the angels are the reapers, uh, the Bible says in the other parable. And this is consistent that there will be a worldwide 
harvest. Are you saved today? Are you born again? Are you a child of God? If you're not, you can be saved today. You can be born again. I want you to notice concerning the Lord spoke much, where He had much uh, of a theme in this topic. I want you to notice, please, another principle. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit, to reap this harvest. I want you to notice Matthew chapter 3. Look at the Word of God. Matthew chapter 3. Notice, please, in Matthew chapter 3, you say, I want to have a part. I want to be one of the laborers. I want to be one of the workers. And I want to reap the harvest and be a soul winner. I want you to notice, please, Matthew and chapter 3 in the Word of God. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Lord to help us. Matthew chapter 3. And notice, please, verse 11. The Bible says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I want you to notice, John is saying, listen, I'm baptizing with water, but somebody's coming after me. And he said this, he's also a baptizer. He's also a Baptist, if you will. But he, his baptism is with spirit, in the spirit of the spirit and fire. And of course, that's why in the day of Pentecost, the cloven tongues of fire came. And we understand that in this dispensation, there were signed gifts that were necessary for that dispensation, uh, diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost that were for that time. And they're not to be uh, repeated necessarily. We don't, we don't need those signed gifts, but we do need the power of the spirit. We do need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We do need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need that baptism of the Spirit. Why? How do we know? Look at the next verse. Context. Notice the next verse. The Bible says, verse 12, Matthew 3, 12, right after he said about the Holy Ghost and fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Do you see the harvest right there? He said he's gathering the wheat. That's that worldwide harvest that, I, that we talked about in Revelation 14 and Matthew 13. You see, he, he's saying, listen, we need the baptism of the Spirit of God, the anointing, the power, and the presence of God to be soul winners and to reap that harvest. The Bible talks about this is explained by the Apostle Peter when he talked about Cornelius and led him to Christ, the, the first Gentiles. And the Apostle Peter said, listen, the Holy Ghost of God was present and the, the sign gifts were present and, and, and can any man forbid water? And it said it came like unto us at the beginning, just like at the day of Pentecost. It came to the Gentiles, these signs to authenticate the message of the gospel. And so Peter had to explain this in Acts chapter 11. said, listen, I remembered the word of the Lord. I remembered the word also that John said also. And he says that, that uh, there will be a baptism of the Spirit, an anointing, an outpouring for the purpose of preaching the gospel. That's what we need to do. That's how we reap the harvest. That's, that's what we need to do. Preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to go and reap the harvest in the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, it was Peter who said in the epistle of Peter where he talks about preaching uh, the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. You see, so we need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God. We need that baptism of the Spirit. The Lord Jesus said to the apostles, he said, greater works shall ye do. 
greater works, you shall reap uh, uh, the, the harvest. Now, not only does he talk about an agricultural illustration or analogy or metaphor, but he also uses another metaphor in the parables or in his teachings about soul winning. And it's the same principle, but a different illustration. And that's when he talks about being fishers of men. The Lord Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you from henceforth thou shalt catch men. That's what a soul winner is. He said, when I get done with you after three and a half years of teaching you and training you, you're, gonna, you're going to be somebody that catches men. And you're going to be a soul winner. So we have two metaphors. We have the wheat, which is a soul. And we have fish, a fish, which is a soul. Here's, here it's the same thing, reaping a harvest. But now it's talking about catching men. And that's why the Bible says, notice please, in Matthew 13, verse 47. Notice this scripture, Matthew 13 and verse 47, where it talks about the parable of the nets. That's why I like to use this as a theme, to cast a net, to, to, to catch men for Christ. Matthew 13, verse 47, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the, the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. They shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus saith unto them, have you understood all these things? They say unto him, yea, Lord. You see, the Lord is explaining. He's saying, listen, we can illustrate it with a harvest. We can illustrate it with fishing. As long as you get the, the point, as long as you get the idea, this is about extending the kingdom of God. And we do that by preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So now he's saying, when he says to the apostle Peter, he says, listen, cast your net in, in, in the water, put your nets in the water. But we've been fishing all day, toiling all day, having, having caught anything. Nevertheless, at, at thy word, I will, I will do it. If you see the grammar in that scripture of Luke chapter 5, the Bible says that the Lord used the plural form, nets. He said, put your nets in the water. Put your nets. They're, just like in the video, we had nets. I went, I, went to the, I went to the place in Venezuela where the fishermen were, and there, they, there was these nets. But they're no good if they're just sitting on the dock and just sitting. They have to be cast in. They have to be taken onto a boat and taken with fishermen who will stretch them out, who will, who will put it in the water and do the work of catching the fish. And so you see, here we have the Lord's telling Peter, he says, cast the nets. Well, if you see the word of God, the Bible says, and their net break. It's only one net. But the Lord said, put your nets in the water. If he would have put two or three nets, all two or three would have been full. That's why the Bible says that Peter repented and said, Lord, forgive me, and was scared. He feared the Lord. Peter disobeyed the Lord. He only obeyed him halfway. He only obeyed him just enough so that the Lord doesn't look so bad. He only obeyed him just enough to not ruin the illustration. He said, okay, well, the Lord's insisting. He's saying to put the nets in the water. Okay, let's just put one net. And well, the net break. You would have put two or three, they would have been all, all two or three would have been filled with fish and full of a, of a big catch. And that's what the harvest is. I want you to notice, please, one last scripture, Luke chapter 11. Please look at the word of God. I want you to notice Luke chapter 11. 
Luke chapter 11. Notice a scripture in Luke chapter 11 and also verse 11. So we have two metaphors. We're talking about the wheat is a soul and a fish is a soul. And we need the power of the Spirit to reach them or win them or reap. Notice please Luke 11, 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, where does the bread come from? It comes from the wheat. You see, that's a soul. Or if he ask a fish, will he... Uh, Will he for a fish give him a serpent? There's a fish, there's a soul. And he says, and he says in verse 13, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? There is the baptism of the Spirit or the fullness of the Spirit. There's the power of the Spirit. How do you get it? The Bible says to ask him, Lord, give me the presence of the Holy Spirit. Give me the power of the Holy Spirit. Give me the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says to ask. He'll give us fish in the net. He'll give us wheat in the harvest. The Lord wants us to reap the harvest. And that's what God wants. God wants us to catch men. Can the same person who sows also reap? Somebody asked me. Can the same person who sows also reap? Absolutely, if you stick around long enough. The Bible says... He, uh, he that goeth forth and, and, and weepeth. The Bible talks about sowing tears shall reap in joy. So absolutely, if you sow, you can also reap if you stick around long enough. You see, sometimes God will use different people, even different generations, where some do the sowing only and another reapeth. The point is, it's God's work. And He's the Lord of the harvest. And we need to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. I'm somebody who will give or I'm somebody who will go. Here's the higher of the, of the laborers. Here's the higher of the reapers. Here's, Lord, you place your value not on time and not on what, what we do necessarily. Nobody's bigger than another or more. He that planted, he that watereth. We're all one. And it's a team effort. And this is what God wants. Let's bow our heads for prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Reaping the harvest. Do you want to be a laborer in the Lord's harvest? Do you want to be a fisherman? He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The field is ripe. Say not ye there are yet four months. One day this world's going to have a worldwide harvest. But you know what we need? We need the power of the Spirit. We need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We need to preach the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. We need to ask, Lord, give us the Holy Spirit presence and power. Lord, give us a fish. Give us bread or wheat. Give us souls. And this is what is glorified, how the Lord is glorified. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you say, the Lord spoke to me tonight. God spoke to me through the message. Would you lift your hand? I want to pray for you. Anybody like that at all? Other hands, many hands. Anybody else that say, pray for me, Brother Carlos. God spoke to me. The altar is open. Why don't you come and pray? The Bible says to pray for laborers in the harvest. Why don't you pray that, that God's work can get done, that it can have a conclusion. The Lord might call you. The Lord might send you. Why don't you say, why don't you say Lord, here I am. Send me into that harvest. Are you saved today? Are you born again? Why don't you come and receive Christ with heads bowed and eyes closed that the music plays and you can come to the altar if you just want to come and pray.